RSG, 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 RSG. Got to have that snow. Got to have that snow. RSG. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, like just like that. We are live on the RSG. Snow, snow, snow. We gotta have that snow. Listeners, thanks so much for being here live on the RSG. This is Jake Talbert, along with my dear friend, co-host, Phil Addison. Phil, this is a song that we have shared back in our time at Canicut Camps a song that neither of us really enjoy at all, probably would come in as number one on our least favorite Christmas songs. Um, how are we doing in Atlanta this morning? Snow, snow, snow. We love snow, Jake. We're hoping to get some in Waco for you if you already haven't had it. Not sure if you have yet. It's been uh, it's getting colder and colder here in Atlanta, but uh, no snow yet. Phil, thank you for that update. You know, I, I've been to Atlanta on some cold occasions one time, slept in the Atlanta K-Live house, got <laughs> in super late one night. Um, I believe that was on a visit to Athens back in the old trail days, but have spent some time in Atlanta, have done, gone to the Passion Conference a couple times there. It's always chilly in Atlanta, colder than you think. You know, yeah. it's it's a it can be a pretty chilly spot. Yeah, it'll get it'll get you cold, but once you step in that Maserati and start driving around, you'll get warmed up just fine, Jake. I know you spent some time in the Maserati uh, in Athens when I handed the car off to you, but um, it's it's cold here in Atlanta. We're heading to Colorado this Friday, spending Christmas with the in-laws in Colorado, so I'm expecting to get some snow up there. Phil, no doubt you'll have snow up there for sure in Colorado. That's going to be a blast with Dove and GW and the whole family. That'll be a great time. You know, I think you'll appreciate this. Baylor recently hired, I was on a search committee and recently was part of the interview process for an individual we just hired that graduated from Kennesaw State with their undergrad right there, hometown kid. They're back in the action here. <laughs> Lee Oliver? <laughs> in Waco. It was not Lee Oliver. Uh, shockingly, not Lee. Okay. Um, Phil, it's been a while since we've been on the pod. Um, we've gotten a, a couple questions, most most notably from our friend Stephen Craig, about when are you guys going to be back on the pod? Also, Darian Stokes has shouted us out a couple times. We've been in a group message with Darian, one of our faithful listeners. In the accounting world, we love that diverse audience we have here on the RSG. Phil, give us a recap and some fun updates. Know that you recently had... Uh, a big event this weekend, along with some things over the past couple weeks. That's right, Jake. Also, another shout out to our good friend, Randall Lange. Randall Large, we like to call him. Uh, he also has been on a binge of Ready, Set, Game. That guy has not stopped listening to us for the last 48 hours. Uh, he has been on an absolute tear. I think he drove to uh, Louisiana from Auburn and back and didn't stop listening to us. Went to a wedding and had us in his headphones during the wedding as well. So, you got to respect that type of loyalty to the program. Jake, it has been a wild last couple weeks uh, here in Atlanta. We had some Hawks game blues. Me and my good friend Nico Mejia, shout out to him. We have been to, I think, now two Hawks games uh, against lesser opponents, and the Hawks have lost convincingly at both games we've been in, bo blown leads in both games. Nico and I think are going to venture out to State Farm Arena again tonight against the Orlando Magic. And it just seems like it's a setup for failure. 
against Orlando tonight. So we don't want to go 0-3, uh, but hoping to catch a win because, you know, when you just go to one of your favorite team's games and you're like, I'm so excited to be there. And every time you go, they lose. And you're like, I need to stop going to these games. So, um, yeah, we've definitely been on a, a cold streak at State Farm Arena, Jake. Bill, that's tough. You know, the Hawks are definitely struggling right now. You would like to think that a game against the Magic is the recipe that they need. But with you and Mejia in attendance, you just don't know what you're going to get. The the past history would show that they don't play well when y'all are in attendance. So we'll have to see how they play tonight. May have to tune in. Would love to catch you guys on the TV tonight. That'd be fun to watch. Phil, tell us about your Thrashers experience. Now, you're going to have to give the listeners a little bit of some context about what the Thrashers are. It sounds like maybe a skit idea, but in fact, it's <laughs> a professional sports club. Tell us about your Thrashers experience in Atlanta. Jake, that's right. I appreciate you asking. You know, uh, the Atlanta Thrashers left uh, Atlanta in, I think, 2011, uh, my sixth grade year, I believe. Uh, only went to one game ever, sat in a box with my good friend Joe Diambolo and his dad, and we ate probably over a hundred hot wings and drank probably four gallons of Sprite. Um, so it was a perfect night in Phillips arena back in the day. Uh, but the thrashers left, people were sad about it and it didn't have a great tenure uh, in Atlanta. Unfortunately, the thrashers, you know, Atlanta's not much of a hockey town, they say, but the Atlanta gladiators used to be the Gwinnett gladiators are the minor league team here in Atlanta. And for one night and one night only, they wore the Thrashers throwback jerseys. They they literally just said they were the Thrashers. Like, yeah, there's no rules in minor league hockey, Jake. Like, they just decided we're going to be the Thrashers for one night. We got tickets for 20 bucks right up on the glass there. I sent you a photo. Went with our good friends, Luke Vaughn and Christina Spencer, and we had a blast. Of course, they did lose in Atlanta fashion way in overtime to the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Uh, it was a, a, a three on three there in overtime. Uh, Greenville got the puck and scored pretty easily, but an incredible experience. <laughs> there were a lot of chants from the Atlanta Thrasher faithful that they were doing. I did not know what they were saying or what it was, but it was uh, it was quite the experience in Gwinnett County on Friday night, Jake. Bill, I love that. And speaking of chants, I think you'll love this, but I just want to give our listeners one of our all-time favorite chants. Bobby! Bobby! That's right, the Bumblebee calling all the way from Waco, Texas. And Darian Stokes is making his way down from Cabin 12, right there in the real deal, making his way down to the Bumblebee platform Bill, thanks for the Thrasher's content. That was some great content. And I can picture you living it up in the arena there. Um, also, one other thing. I know that Stephen Craig and his wife had a sleepover at the Addison apartment. Tell us a little bit about that. Good experience right. for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's impromptu, uh, a classic run around with the Craigs. You know, had a brunch on Saturday morning with our good friends, Casey and Brooke. They just got engaged. Shout out to them. You know, the Craigs actually uh, gave us a sign that they got from their wedding. Uh, I don't think that Steve's wife, Millie, her uncle's listening to the podcast, but if he is, uh, this is where the news comes out. They, uh, Millie's uncle got them a sign that says Craig's established in like 2021. It's like a very funny wooden sign. Probably got it off Etsy uh, or Amazon. 
but it is uh it is up above the bed in our guest room <laughs> the sign is so that is the craig sponsored guest room uh and of course they stayed in there uh had the brunch uh on saturday morning uh, made some eggs, uh, some bacon, some biscuits. It was great, great fellowship. Played some FIFA 15 on the Xbox. Uh, we had just a, a, a great time with everybody, and uh, it was a great kickoff to our Saturday. Phil, that's amazing. I love that. You know, I think what first comes to mind is y'all are going to have to give an invite to TJ Craig. He'll have to be the next Craig to come to the Addison home and really just going to have to go through your listing of famous Craigs and Craigs that you know um, to, to figure out who you want to, uh, you know, have in the Addison home here in the weeks to come. So, um, you know, a couple couple funny uh, things here on our end. So not funny, but but coincidental. One of our faithful listeners, Mellow Mike uh, and I, uh, both of our wives, we ended up in the same small town of Broken Bow, Oklahoma last week for the same two nights, staying a half mile away from each other, unplanned, had not discussed it, but just as fate would have it, ended up in Broken Bow. It's kind of a cabin um, uh, retreat type place. And so we both had a great time separating or celebrating separate anniversary trips and just kind of some Christmas vacation time there for each of us. But that was wild. Saw the be real of Mellow Mike, his large seven foot two wingspan stretched out in front of an A-frame cabin hosted by his wife, Laurel Paris. And, you know, really from from there, uh, you know, just a, a fun thing to, to share here um, on the RSG to the listeners. Something else that happened yesterday, Phil, you know, I sent you that picture of the jalapeno popper. Um, we actually talked about you a little bit at the Talbert Extended Christmas, was sharing that I had a friend that uh, um, I mentioned to you by name. I shared my friend Phil had uh, tried a jalapeno popper for the first time, seemingly over Thanksgiving, absolutely loved it, so had to get him in on the photo off there but but yesterday we played some family feud at the talbert christmas home we divided we had a drawing for teams and you know uh grandpa parents siblings cousins and it was a blast i think that family feud would be something that we might be able to host here on the rsg but you know you never know what you're going to get in those situations the answers you're going to get the the pushback and the hate you get from some of the players involved in the games even at family affairs just kind of crazy. Um, Bill, I know you'll appreciate this. We have been on a board game kick in the Talbert household on our wedding anniversary trip. We played a lot of board yeah. games. And then over the last couple of days, we have played a lot. In fact, back-to-back -back nights, we've played one-on-one -on -one ticket to ride. Wow. All things. I know. I know. One-on-one -on -one ticket to ride. My wife took the game two nights ago, and I took the game last night, 113 to 112. I beat her by one in a shootout in one-on-one -on -one ticket to ride. And last news, the content you didn't know you needed, but you might need to know, recently had my wellness visit at the doctor, came out all clear, but I did have one deficiency. Phil, any guesses on what that deficiency might be? Jake, you got to think, you know, there's not many deficiencies that I would look at you and say you have, but it could have been somewhere in that in that vitamin D category, was it? Bill, it was the vitamin D. It was <laughs> vitamin D deficiency. And this is something I'm trying to figure out. Why am I vitamin D deficient? I drink a ton of milk. I'm decently enough outdoors. 
So trying, even as the sun's been out more recently, trying to get outside and just sit outside, taking some vitamin D uh, supplements as well. Not that the listeners needed to know that, but if you're looking for something for a stocking stuffer, that's a good thing to send <laughs> here to the RSG. Phil, last week we had a huge national what day. We were programmed to record, had some technical difficulties, um, but because we missed it last week, the first week of December, it was National Driver Safety Week, and I believe that you have a story to share with the listeners about a driver's license. Yeah, Jake, that's right. No, National Driver Safety Week, uh, first week of December, everyone's got on their calendar. Everyone knows, okay, this is the week I got to make sure not getting any tickets, you know, staying safe on the road, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Jake, it took me a couple times uh, here in Georgia to get my driver's license. <laughs> the first time I ever took the test was a 90-year-old man, um, and <laughs> I, I uh, failed my test the first time because I was uh, – not I, I I merged too early onto uh, another uh, lane on the road, and uh, I went over the you know the solid white line that you know turned into the dotted line. I went a little too early, uh, and this ninety year old man looked my father dead in the eyes afterwards and said, "I don't think your son should ever drive after the test." To a sixteen year old, <laughs> this guy can ever make it to that point at this age? He's that far gone. So, so we go back, I think you gotta wait, you know, like, I don't know if it's two weeks or a month or whatever it is. We go back, same guy does my no. in. I, I, I don't pass with flying colors. I get like a 74 or whatever, like, you know, the bare minimum is to pass. Looks my father dead in the eyes again and says, your son barely passed. I shouldn't have passed him. He said, he said, he said I really don't think he should be driving. And my dad looked him in the face and said, okay. And so, <laughs> we, so Joel Addison with the one-liner dagger to the 90-year-old man doing my test. Needless to say, uh, everyone's out there bumps in the road uh, with uh, you know driving safely, of course. But now, more than ever, thankful for driving safely, drive, National Driver Safety Week, uh, and glad to have a license still. Phil, that's great. That is that is a great story. You know, not shocking that you crossed over that dotted, that solid white line a little bit early. You know, you have to anticipate. I feel like it's there more as a guideline, not necessarily <laughs> as a law. And for him to tell your dad you shouldn't be able to drive, telling a 16-year-old that, I feel like could really crush a young man's spirit. Glad you rebounded by that. Yeah. Um, I know that I know the first thing that uh, you were doing there was just reminding yourself of identity and, um, you know, things of that nature. So I'm glad you bounced out of that one. Um, hey, yesterday was December 18th, which uh, two great national what days yesterday. We had answer the phone like Buddy the Elf Day, along with National Twin Day. And I want to give a shout out to my favorite set of twins. We know him. We love him. JT Justin Stafford. Justin Travis Stafford and Jesse Stafford. Uh, we love both of those guys here on the RSG. My two cousins from Louisiana, LSU graduates, SEC boys. Um, Phil, do you have any uh, any twins that that you know stick out to you? Jake, absolutely. I do want to mention though. Don't want to skim past that December eighteenth. Answer the phone like Buddy the Elf today. Santa, I know him. Santa, I know him. Is what <laughs> I should have said when you called me yesterday. I'm sorry that I did not answer the phone. As such, I was unaware of the day. 
but uh, we'll definitely keep that on the calendar for next year. Two of my favorite twins in twin moments, Jake, is that in the year 2013, the Braves signed BJ and Justin Upton. They were pretty abysmal for Atlanta, but in one game, BJ Upton hit the game-tying homer and the bomb of the ninth. His brother gets on the plate next and hits the game-winning home run walk-off. One of the greatest twin moments in Atlanta history. Phil, that is absolutely tremendous. I don't think I knew that. I knew that they had had some time with Atlanta. I knew that they did not have a good stint there, but I love the back-to-back. That is absolutely phenomenal. Almost like Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. playing in the same game. But but for, for two twins to do that back-to-back bombs is unbelievable um, at that level. Um you know, today, not great days today. It's National Hard Candy Day and National Oatmeal Muffin Day. <laughs> and I know that that you always seem to have a stock kind of in the back cabinet, top cabinet, top right, I think, for you guys at the Addison household of those oatmeal muffins. You just can't get enough of them. Jake, you know I'm a big oatmeal guy. I I, I don't love the oatmeal raisin. But as a child, I, I really did love oatmeal. I would eat around the raisins, take the raisins out of the cookies or the muffins, and then therefore have my oatmeal muffin or cookie. You're very right about that. Jake, my favorite hard candy, I might have to go with the Sprees. <laughs> wow. I don't know where you are on that pendulum, but I think the Spree might be. It's the first candy that comes to mind for me. Phil, I like that. I really like that. I, I I think that's a solid pick there with the spree. I personally prefer the chewy spree, but yeah. I do like the hard candy spree. That's a great selection here. And I know that a lot of our listeners, specifically Jeremy Barlow, are going to back that up with flying colors. He's a big spree guy, has been really a spree guy for the last three or four years. He got on him back before COVID and, and really, as he's told us, <laughs> you know, was was really a big push for him getting through COVID. Um, you know, tomorrow is national go caroling day. And so we're going to get into a segment just a little, little bit later on here on the RSG about our least favorite and our favorite, actually our top five Christmas songs, excuse me. Um, but just a reminder to our listeners, go caroling this year. It's a blast. It's so fun. Make sure you bring some favorites and make sure you bring in the snow, snow, snow as well. Um, Phil, talk to us about the national month. Jake, that's right. Month of December, learn a foreign language month. Been trying to catch up a little bit more on my Spanish. And, you know, my wife and I are thinking about traveling over to Russia uh, next year for the holidays. So maybe some Russian as well. You never know when it might come in handy in the back pocket. Uh, And of course, National Pear Month. Shout out to all the pears. Uh, And National Tie Month, Jake. Uh, My favorite tie worn is a chick-fil-a peach bowl tie that Stephen craig gave me from his father Dwayne. wore that to a couple weddings back in the day should have worn it to your wedding knew you would appreciate the peach bowl tie should uh, have. and i think my favorite tie in sports has got to be uh i want to say it was uh cardinals uh arizona cardinals and maybe detroit lions i think it was the final score was six to six in the nfl this is many years ago but jake you know, ties are not as memorable as they are wins and losses. No doubt about that. Absolutely. Phil, those are some great months there that we have, and probably not today, but I do know five or six Spanish songs that I could sing here on the RSG for the listeners. So we may have to get a segment in down the road for that. 
My favorite tie that I've worn, it's it's a it's a toss-up, but I'm going to go with the USA tie. It's got the American flag on it with a big bald eagle on it. My dad actually wore this tie when he met President George W. Bush back in the early 2000s, and now that tie has been passed on to me. So it's seen some great faces, been in some big photos, wow. and now I get to sport that American tie with the bald eagle. Favorite tie in sports, you know, I don't have one that necessarily comes to mind, but probably every K-Country non-competitive game that ever existed between the youth usually ended in a tie. And so I'm going to go with back in our youth, um, a K-Country tie there um, to finish out national tie month. Phil, there's some birthdays, and this first birthday is a gentleman that we mentioned back in episode one on the RSG, wow. so I had to put him on here. Yeah. You want to tell the listeners who's celebrating the big 4-2 today? Yeah, Jake, one of your favorite Jakes, Jake Gyllenhaal. Obviously, you know, Jake Bardell is not thrilled that he made your list. He really feels like he should be the only Jake on the list. Uh, but Jake Gyllenhaal, 42, shout out to him today. Yeah, absolutely. And and my good friend, Harrison Cornforth, ex-K-Country staff member, Harrison Cornforth, Auburn guy, got to give him some love here. On the RSG, if you've got any other birthdays, Phil, definitely let us know. But I think those are two that we really wanted to celebrate here on the RSG today. Jake, uh, not today, but uh, three days ago on December 16th, we had a couple birthdays from some K and more K-Country alumnus, Braden Petty and Elliot Kircher. Those two had birthdays on the same day, December 16th. Loyal and true, got Braden Petty's Christmas card on the fridge, Elliot Kircher saw him in Birmingham not too long ago. Some good K-Country alumni there that we want to share their birthdays and shout them out on the pod. Thanks for shouting out those guys. I know that Seth Locke is tuned in right now, and he is jumping out of his seat right now because of those two birthdays. Phil, we're going to transition. Tis the season, you know, and um, something that we were excited about. Here on the RSG is, of course, <laughs> the Christmas season. And, you know, um, not really sure how this is going to go for us on the RSG. But we had talked about singing RSG to the tune of White Christmas here on the RSG. So, Phil, I'll lead out and let you tune in and chime in with RSG when you're ready. I'm dreaming of the RSG, <laughs> just like the ones we used. <laughs> and just like that, folks, we're transitioning into our next segment. That's right. Our draft, our top five Christmas songs. Now, Phil, the rules in this draft, you must have at least two Christian songs and two secular songs. And then your final song can be one of either. You can pick them in any order, but those are the guidelines for the draft. So our top five Christmas songs, it is the season. I'm once again, giving you the number one overall pick here oh. in this top five Christmas songs draft. What do you got, Phil? Jake, I think number one overall, I got to go with a pick that Luke Barlow will absolutely support. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays by NSYNC, one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. That's my number one pick, Jake. Phil, that is a great 
pick. I love the pick. That's a phenomenal pick. You know, Luke Barlow is all about that pick. Another pick. Well, I'll wait. It may be in your top five, so I won't say anything. It's not going to make my top five, I don't think. Um, Phil, I'm going number one overall pick. I'm going with Oh Holy Night. I love Oh Holy Night. It's nostalgic. It's fantastic. The lyrics are powerful. I'm going with Oh Holy Night, number one pick. Jake, I love that pick. That's an instant classic, a tale old as time. I think that that's one that you're going to sing every single Christmas Eve service. You know that it's going to be played. You know that you're going to be singing your heart out to it. My number two pick, I'm going with The Christmas Shoes by New Song. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful story. The Christmas Shoes, my number two pick, Jake. Phil, that's a great story. You know, Brad Paisley's wife plays the lead in that story, The Christmas Shoes, Brad's wife. Uh, We love Brad Paisley here on the RSG. Got to get him on here for sure. Phil, I'm going to go with my number two pick. I'm going to go with one of my favorite artists. Um, I'm going to go White Christmas sung by Bing Crosby, the classic. A a close second would be White Christmas by Michael Buble with the Shania Twain um, accompaniment. But I'm going to go White Christmas number two. Jake, I love that. For my third pick, I'm going White Christmas by the Drifters. The Drifters, an old, old uh, group. My parents used to play them in the car all the time and at home growing up during the holiday season. I like White Christmas by the Drifters for number three. Bill, that's a great pick. For my number three, I'm going, it's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams, a true staple and Christmas classic. You know it, you love it. That's my number three. Jake, I love that pick. For my number four, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with "Last Christmas" by Wham. This is one that gets you on your feet, moving and grooving for the holiday season. Number four, "Last Christmas." Phil, I'm going with my number four pick. I'm going back to Michael Bublé. Now, the lyrics in this song are interesting, but I love the beat of this song. I've always loved it. I'm going. The t- t- song title is simply called "Christmas." But Baby, Please Come Home by Michael Bublé. I love that song. It's a great pick. Jake, I love that pick. Uh, he, You know, that that guy's a classic. Uh, he came into the Christmas scene, what, about 10, 15 years ago, and he hasn't left. That's one that you get on repeat every single holiday season. Uh, I love that pick. And for my fifth and final pick, um, this is one that uh, I love. There's a lot of different renditions of this one, uh, but specifically – Maverick City Music uh, did one, uh, I guess it was a year or two ago, um, they did Mary Did You Know, and that's going to be my fifth and final pick. Love Mary Did You Know, a beautiful rendition by Maverick City Music and also a classic. I will have to listen to that rendition by Maverick City for sure um, here in the hours to come. That sounds like a great one. Phil, I'm going, I'm really torn here if I want to go more new age or classic. I'm going to stick classic because Christmas is classic. I'm going to go Joy to the World, a Christmas classic staple. It is National Caroling Day tomorrow. And I think this may be one of the most premier and well or most popular Christmas carols that people will sing at your doorstep. Absolutely. Phil, we're going to go a little hot seat. I'm going to put you on the hot seat, and I want you to tell the listeners your biggest complaint about the Christmas season. Jake, I'm glad you brought this up because I do have a number one complaint. I am not a fan of celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving. I Mm. think they should be two separate holidays. My wife 
wanted to get the tree and the decorations up basically in October. Uh, and I, I told her, I said, it's too early for this thing. But the Christmas season is something that people just can't deny. I personally want to wait till the day after Thanksgiving, even the evening of Thanksgiving. Sure, I can be a part of, but I want them to be some separate holidays, Jake, as they are, but also understand people just getting that Christmas spirit pretty quickly. Phil, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. You know, I think mine would be stores putting up decorations or selling Christmas stuff too soon. I think that the commercialization of Christmas could be a whole episode by itself where we, you know, really dive into that. Uh, but I think that the commercialization of Christmas, you see Walmart putting up decorations before Halloween. Yeah. And it's like, how did we get here? So I, I think for me, that would be it. Just, you know, getting things up far too early. There's some other things, you know, the crowds and things like that, but, but also those can be blessings too. So I heard Phil that you have a question for me as well. Um, kind of a, um, Hot seat question. <laughs> I'm dying to know what this is because you're laughing here on the uh, on a video call. Jake, if, if Santa were to re-enter the dating scene, what would be one thing he would need to change uh, just in general? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just maybe his diet and his exercise routine. You know, he seems to have packed on a couple pounds over the years. Every year gets a little bit thicker. And I think if he were to be back on the dating scene, I just don't know if that would bode well for him. And his diet has just got to change. Milk and cookies, great vitamin D, uh, but really nothing besides that and glucose. Jake, that's right. You know, I uh, I would agree with you. I think kind of what we're going to do um, just, you know, in light of that, we're putting out the gluten-free cookies this year. We know he's going to come in. We know he's going to eat a lot of those cookies. He has to go to, you know, every home around the world. And I think the gluten-free is what we're going to stick to for Santa Claus this year. Bill, I absolutely love that. Hey, we are going to jump ahead here. We're going to move on to the Heisman recap. What a transition right there from Santa on the dating scene to the Heisman recap. You know, Santa Claus and Caleb Williams, they really do have quite a bit in common when, a, when you really boil it down and uh, it comes to down, all of them have a little bit of magic on the field, you know, and that's a little bit of a cheesy transition. I know that Darian Stokes is going to, Shoot us a text for that transition right there. But it, it really is. Give me your breakdown of the Heisman. Did it play out how you thought it would? Did the right guy win the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, Jake, I think I think Williams did. I think he deserved it. And, you know, I mean, I would love to have seen my guy Stetson Bennett make a push there at the end. But we all knew it was going to be Williams. He had the stats. He had the leadership. You thought if Duggan wins the Big 12 championship, he may make his case and finally get to the top of glory for TCU fans didn't happen. Think that they're going to put up a good fight against Michigan. Uh, love to see the four guys that were there. Stroud, I know one of your favorites um, in uh, the college football world. He uh, also, I think if he beats Michigan and they win the big 10, he's also up there with Duggan competing against Williams, but Williams had a great year, got USC back to where they should be or close to it at least. Uh, and I think he deserved to win the big one in New York city. Bill, I completely agree. Um, I, I I think that uh, that's a great diagnosis right there. You know, I didn't cast my vote for Williams uh, for the Heisman. I'm not given a vote, but I didn't cast mine for Williams. Mine went to Max Duggan. I thought he's a, I think he's a competitor. I, I, uh, you know, as a Baylor guy, I don't root for TCU, but I love to watch that guy compete. Just put the team on his back multiple times, makes big plays, 95 yards rushing on an 80 yard drive. How is that possible? Only Max Duggan. So, you know, please buy that. 
finish for him though, coming in TCU pick seventh or eighth in the conference to then be in New York City uh, in the CFP. That's huge for him. Something shocking. I don't know if you knew this, but Michael Penix Jr. got nine first place votes from Heisman voters. Shocking on the West Coast. He's coming back as is Bo Nix has also declared, released a video yesterday, the University of Oregon titled Bo is Back. Those are my two early front runners for the Heisman for 2023, Phil. Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. Um, they're on the West Coast. Phil, there's some big names in the transfer portal. What's your biggest name right now in the transfer portal? I mean, Jake, you just got to think it's Deion Sanders and company bringing everybody that he knows and more up to Buffalo, excuse me, up to uh, Boulder for the Buffaloes of Colorado. I mean, Shiloh and Shador Sanders. Uh, I mean, those are two guys that are, you know, absolute game changers. And I think that uh, Colorado is going to be back in the Pac-12, Jake. Bill, I agree. I think that's a huge one right there. I think for me, it's just the year of the quarterback. I've never seen this many big-name quarterbacks, Deion Sun, uh, Shadour, in that mix. I mean, the guy threw for almost 5,000 yards this year, balled out in the bowl game, still lost, threw yeah. for 400 yards, multiple TDs. Um, but I think it's the year of the quarterback. You look at Devin Leary, you look at DJ Uyangalale, you look at Hudson Card. Um you know, the, the list goes on and on. Your guy, JT Daniels, back in the portal for the fourth time. I mean, it's crazy, all these guys that are in the portal. Um, so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see where they land. Absolutely, Jake. And moving forward into the end of our segment here, we got some bowl games to pick, Jake. There's a lot of them. Some have already happened. Thankfully, you and I have kind of already made some picks uh, going down the stretch here, Jake, not sure how you want to bounce back and forth, but I can kick us off in the Bahamas Bowl. We had a great 11 a.m. Tuesday start in the Bahamas, Miami of Ohio, UAB. I picked the Blazers, Jake. Uh, I like them close close to home here, Birmingham. Trent Dilfer at the helm next year for them. Uh, I picked the Blazers there, Jake. So that was a good pick. I also picked the Blazers. We started uh, both 1-0, and then from there we added a few losses over the next couple games. I think maybe the most shocking game for me, not necessarily the winner, but the demonstrative fashion in which they won was number 14, Oregon State over Florida. The Gators started the year hot. They beat a Utah team that finished in the top 15 or, or will finish in the top 15. And you look at Oregon State, a 10-win season, they are doing some things in Corvallis. Watch out for the Beavers in 2023. Absolutely. A total stomping of the Gators. I mean, they had, I think, uh, Anthony Richardson was out. They had a lot of starters out, either opted or injured. Uh, they got out of there with a win. Jackson State coming down to Atlanta for the Celebration Bowl. They had a shocking loss, Jake, to NC Central to lose in Dion's undefeated tenure before he heads up to Boulder. Yeah, I mean, kind of crazy the way that that game played out. A lot of emotions there for Dion and company. You know, some players will not be as fortunate to be able to, to just make the jump to Colorado. And so really a farewell swan song for Dion. Wish he could have gotten the win there um, in that one. Uh, you know, Phil, one other game that, that just want to make note of is Cincinnati, a team that was in the CFP last year, and then they lose this year. Uh, Coach Luke Fickle on his way to Wisconsin, but they lose – um, to an eight and five Louisville Cardinals team 
um, kind of a step back for Cincinnati, a program that was really trending high, some big time players, and now maybe taking a step back this year. It'll be interesting going into next year to see if they can maintain um, the uh, momentum that they had. Yeah, Jake. Bill, weird. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the Fenway, the Fenway Bowl up there in Boston, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. You know, Fenway is a hostile environment. You never know what might happen. And Louisville came in ready to play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Phil, this just in right here from some of our producers, this is actually going to be a two-part RSG because we have got too many great bowl games to try and get them all in here in the time that we have. We want to respect our listeners, know that the time that you give us is precious and valuable. Uh, And so we're going to actually turn this into a two-parter. We spent a little bit too much time there in the Christmas section. Very important, but trying to get some of those songs out was just a challenge for us here on the RSG. So we'll be back with another episode. This will really be, um, you know, for us, um, we're just going to call this one episode 15.2. And this will be something that we bring here to you guys on the RSG. We'll break down every bowl game. We'll give our CFP picks. You will not want to miss this one for you college football fans. This is the episode that you'll want to be on. Absolutely, Jake. Excited to see what happens this bowl season. Bowl mania is happening Uh, You know it's my favorite time of year, and I know it's one of yours as well. Uh, And the people want to know what we think and what our expert analysis is of each of these games. I could do a deep dive, Jake, into the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle between Washington State and Fresno State for probably the next 20 minutes. But, you know, we don't have that much time. But maybe we're going to have a sub episode series on every single bowl game you can get 30 minutes of content from each bowl game we're going to be recording those until next christmas uh, if, if given the opportunity but jake a lot of bowl games and a lot of fun happening in college football no doubt no doubt about that listeners stay tuned you'll want to jump on that next episode we'll be releasing these pretty close back to back so check your spotify stream you can find us anywhere podcasts are found really actually only on spotify so make sure you stay with us there on Spotify. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's been a great time on the RSG. Phil, always a blessing, always a treat. Merry Christmas. Hope everyone has a great Christmas time celebrating. Remember the reason for the season. We are so excited to be here on the pod. Phil, checking out. Ready? Set. Game. Game.